Joe Pags Show. To talk to Joe, call 888-941-PAGS. And now, it's Joe Pags. Hey, great to have you. Thanks a lot for stopping by. There is a ton going on. Laura Logan, part one, will be at the bottom of this hour. Make sure you stick around with this great journalist who's still doing God's work, man. She is out there getting us information, reporting it in the face of scrutiny from the far left, the left left, the center left, even some people on the right, and I think she's doing a great job. Really, really glad to hang out with her today. We're going to get three or four uh, parts out of this, three or four segments out of this, so make sure you stick around all week for this. Also, later in the week on Thursday and Friday, my two-part series with Adam Carolla. You know what I mean, Carrie? I'm, I'm going to bring it for the people. Of course you are. Yep. Flying around the country, you know, doing, meeting people, seeing it, shaking the hands, kissing the baby, wearing a mask, well, not wearing a mask. Vacation, Still bringing it one. for the people. Oh. oh, okay. Still bringing it for the people. Oh, okay. Whatever you say. When the guy in Wisconsin wasn't telling me I should have dri- driven, right? I mean. Mm-mm. No. No, he was cool about it. He was, and listen, God bless him. If you got it, you've got that extra time to spend an entire day driving. 20 hours? God bless you. Yikes. And you know, I'm telling you, back in the day, you would not believe it. I would go from New York to Florida in 20 and a half hours, which is unheard of. Don't try to calculate how in fast I must have been shot? going. shot? Oh, wow. You wouldn't stop yeah. to rest? And a half. Or... Boom. Ooh, dude. Bathroom and burgers. That's awful. it. Let's go. Let's okay. go. Gotta go. Terrible. Mm. Now, it was cool when we lived in Michigan. Um, actually, when we lived in New York, we, we could drive from the Albany area of New York right down the New York State Thruway, go right into Canada. Come out in Michigan, mm-hmm. go visit the in-laws. It's like ten hours. Like that—that that I could do. Mm-hmm. Eighteen—that's not you're too pushing bad. Your luck. Yeah, eighteen twenty—that's a little too much for me. You want to hear something really stupid? Eight. Yeah. Today, we um we drove an hour and a half to get to an airport to fly eighteen minutes to another airport. <laughs> it was so stupid. <laughs> wow. It okay. just felt so stupid to me. Eighteen minutes. And the second okay. airport, without saying exactly where they were geographically was closer but i had the car from the first airport oh gotcha i know now, that's confusing i don't know what the rental car game is but if you keep the rental car and and drop it off at a different location 500 bucks <gasps> oh that's terrible yeah i think i should did it the right way you know way. what i mean yeah Mm-mm. so go go through the house go through security it's get on the plane it, 18 minutes you land go find the other plane and then go, but, but again, I mean, it, it is a racket. I mean, you're, you're trying to figure it out. Mm-hmm. Trying to no. figure it out. It is um, 888-941-PAGS, 888-941-7247, JoePags.com for your Tuesday. <laughs> Let's go. Uh-huh. Hi. That is Carrie Lockie. What's going on? Yeah. Polo in the house. Sam getting her done. La da 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 dee 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 dee. There's a lot going on. There's a lot to get to. So there was a little bit of TikTok drama over the weekend. So I go to post, and TikTok, I guess, deleted three or four or two or three or something of my videos, right? Mm-hmm. That's what they do. Um, the videos that they were targeting were videos about trans things. Um, and I'm not saying things like people, just things that are involved or related to trans. The one video was trans women are women. That's what we've been told. In other news, 
A trans woman gets two women pregnant in a, in a prison in New Jersey. That's it. That was the whole video. It's still up on Twitter. It's still up on Instagram. It's still up on anywhere else I put it. It was, it was the, ter- the guidelines somehow were violated, and they took it down on TikTok. Then they took down another one, which was, uh, I forget what it, something about trans something, um, where I, I think I came out and said XX is, is female, XY is male. That was taken down too. And they took down just a few other random ones and then said, because of all the community guidelines violations, um, I couldn't post again until Sunday night at like 1030. I'm like, what? So I, you can go through an appeal and I appealed these things and I won the appeals on all of them except for the trans ones. And they're still saying your, your account could be suspended permanently if you keep on violating the guidelines. They care if I violate the guidelines. According to them, and I appeal, and I win my appeal. Did I violate the guidelines? Mm, I guess not. I mean, of course not. Why would they let my video go back up yeah, if it violated yeah. the guidelines? Yeah. So why is that a mark against me for violating the guidelines if they're incorrect in taking it down? And what I imagine is there's some purple-haired, 18,000 piercings in her face, doofus, non-binary, fluid somebody who's going to work at TikTok and say, I just don't like this guy. I'm taking his videos down. Yeah, I can see that happening, too. And then throwing on some arbitrary, you know, suspensions or something. So um, I had to deal with that over the weekend. And we're almost at 100,000 followers on TikTok. It's just sort of an experiment to see um, what kind of virality I'll get. Some videos go nuts. Most of them don't. They're like 10, 20, 30,000. But some will go like a million views, which is weird. Uh, but if you're on the TikTok, and don't give me some crap about CCP this. I've already explained this. I'll explain it again if you need me to. But um, go there at Joe Pags, at J-O-E-P-A-G-S on TikTok. Go and follow the account and make TikTok mad. All right, talking about TikTok, there is an account on Twitter, and this isn't specifically about social media. This is about doxing somebody, exposing somebody, attacking somebody, and putting somebody's life in danger. There's an account called Libs of TikTok on Twitter where this person, and we now know that we know it's a female, this woman grabs videos from TikTok that are publicly posted on TikTok. And then repost them on Twitter and under the under the, the account name Libs of TikTok. This person has six or seven hundred thousand followers on, on Twitter, and the left is freaking out. Because when all these teachers said, Oh, we're not teaching sexual orientation, we're not teaching gender ID, we're not doing any of that. And then a bunch of teachers showed up on TikTok and publicly said, Of course I'm talking about gay. Of course I'm having the the drag queens do the story hour. I mean, all these people expose themselves for doing exactly what DeSantis says was being done as the left was saying it wasn't being done. And now this so-called journalist from the Washington Post went after the account and exposed the lady. Carrie, fill me in if you don't mind. This is from Amber Athey. The Washington Post is defending a widely criticized article that exposed the creator of the virtual Twitter account libs of TikTok. The article published Monday was authored by tech reporter Taylor Lawrence, who has come under fire for her questionable journalistic ethics. Lawrence used information sourced by a former Twitter employee to reveal the identity of the libs of TikTok account owner who chose to operate the account anonymously and is otherwise a private citizen. At the Post reporter even showed up to the home of the account owner's relatives and harassed a random Instagram user with a similar name, asserting she was going to be implicated as starting a hate campaign against LGBTQ people. 
However, the Washington Post stood by Lauren's tactics in a Tuesday statement to The Spectator, which is choosing to redact the name of the libs of TikTok account owner at this time. And Taylor Lawrence is an accomplished and diligent journalist whose reporting methods comport entirely with the Washington Post professional standards. Cameron Barr, senior managing editor at the Washington Post, said libs of TikTok and her management of the libs of TikTok Twitter account and immediate interviews has had significant impact on public discourse and her identity had become public knowledge on social media. We did not publish or link to any details about her personal life. The Washington Post assertion that they did not publish or link to any details about her personal life appears to be false. According to Washington Examiner reporter Jerry Dunleavy, an early version of the article linked the libs of TikTok account owner's real estate license. The link contained the account owner's real estate license number, full name, and possible address. It is true Libs of TikTok has amassed numerous followers on Twitter by reposting videos of left-wing insanity on the social media app TikTok. The Washington Post has failed to properly justify, though, why the account's owner's name or occupation are useful to developing an understanding of why the account has had such an impact on online discourse. All right. So I'm not for anonymity necessarily when you do things on social media. I think that you should stand behind it. This obviously is not about this person and her opinions. This is simply an account called Libs on TikTok. Maybe Libs of TikTok. Either way. Um, and this account, we follow each other. I've direct messaged her back and forth a couple of times past couple of days just showing support. But Carrie, she's not doing anything editorially. She's not editing anything. Mm-hmm. She's, not, she's not changing anything. Okay. Now, this Taylor Lorenz person has decided, and the Washington Post has decided, that she somehow is ginning up right-wing, alt-right hate against LGBTQXYZ123 people. Now, I'm going to ask you just a a question, just friend-to-friend, human-to-human. If I post a video and somebody reposts that video elsewhere, is the person who reposted my video somehow causing hate against me? No. Because I publicly put that out there, right? Yes. Like these aren't private TikTok accounts that she's breaking into. And by the way, this this person, I, I've seen video of this Taylor Lorenz, this reporter, where she's like crying because people are doxing her and trying to find out where she lives or something. This is way before the libs of TikTok thing. She was like, this is not fair. And it's because you're out there reporting. People shouldn't dox you, which is basically telling where you live, your phone number and where you work and giving you a hard time. But she's doing I mean, the exact same thing. Exact same thing. She is literally putting this person's life at risk by posting her name and where she lives. She actually said the city where this woman lives. Now, you don't think Antifa wants to stop this woman or BLM or any far left-wing outlet? Of course they do. They want to stop her from exposing people who are posting public videos saying, I'm going to talk to my kids about fluidity, going to talk to my, my to my four-year-olds and eight-year-olds about gender ID and sexual orientation, who they want to sleep with, and that they could change their gender if they want. I'm going to do it, and DeSantis can't tell me to stop. Some of them using all sorts of profanity. She's just taking actual videos from TikTok and posting them directly on Twitter without making any changes. As a journalist, does that somehow give a journalist the right to find out who she is and expose her? No, absolutely not. And my problem is, is that, and this was in a quote 
in Amber's story is that this journalist was asserting, as a journalist, I mean, this is clearly opinion, and I have never been on this site, but she that she was telling this user she was going to be implicated for starting a hate campaign against LGBTQ people. Now, so, is it a fact or is that her opinion? Of course it's her opinion. Yeah. And the Washington Post says, we stand behind the reporting, didn't, did not expose any personal details. Carrie, they said the woman's first and last name. They and said the real, which city she lives in. real estate license. Yes. Right. Uh, yeah. Today, Taylor Lorenz has put this out. After my whole family was doxxed again this morning, trolls have now moved on to doxing and stalking any random friend I've tagged on IG. They're posting their personal details of my friends and sending threatening texts with messages. I noticed you're close to Taylor Lorenz. Now she's playing the victim. The person who had no reason to do this story and make the invalid claim that she's somehow starting hate or driving a hate campaign against LGBTQXYZ123 people. She's not. She's taking videos that they're, they themselves are posting on a public forum and reposting them on Twitter. She's never once said, go get those LGBTQ people. Never once has she said, hate on them. What she's exposing is hypocrisy when people lie about not teaching this in class and then teachers who identify themselves as teachers in their classrooms are doing videos saying, we're doing this. And that first, the only reason she's doing this, let me make this clear, the only reason this so-called reporter is doing this is to make this person stop reposting these videos and stop. The real journalism here is just grabbing already existing videos off of TikTok and putting them on Twitter and exposing these people as the liars they are. Now, that's journalism. It's not journalism to find out who this person is and say her real estate license, where she lives, and what her name is. And this is the same journalist who's also going to this woman's family member's doorsteps. No, but that's uh, fine. And showing up in their front yards and wanting to know uh, who is, you know, who is it, how are you related? I mean... But that's, I guess, the way the Post calls journalism nowadays. She's playing the victim. She's a diligent journalist. I mean, it's actually, it's actually sick. 888-941-PAGS, 888-941-7247, JoePags.com. You don't have to be on Twitter. You don't have to be on TikTok to have an opinion on this. Here's somebody who is just basically saying, all right, these people are saying this. I have proof from them or people in that claimed community doing the exact opposite, and posting it on Twitter. She's not adding, not subtracting, not funny editing, not doing anything crazy using filters, just taking the videos that prove the point that what they're saying publicly is not true because what they've posted publicly goes exact opposite of what they're claiming. 888-941-PAGS, JoePags.com. Stay right here. This is the Joe Pags Show. All right, great to have you. Thanks. It's the Joe Pag Show for your Tuesday. Laura Logan at the bottom of the hour, part one of a three or four part series. It really depends. I'm going to edit it, uh, the rest of it tonight, and we'll see if we go three or four. Lots to talk about, lots to get to. If you remember her her piece, it was in 12 or 13, 
where Laura Logan uh, did that that special report on Benghazi and what really happened there, and how CBS had to backtrack and drop it and pull it offline and everything else. Um, it was a very good report, and I asked her, listen, do you stand by this or not? Because they claimed that somebody was lying in the piece or something like that. We'll get to that and a lot more with Laura Logan. Make sure you stick around at the bottom of the hour for that. Let me in the meantime tell you about Eden Pure and the Thunderstorm. The Thunderstorm is amazing. Got a great deal on a three-pack right now because you listen to my program. We'll, we'll let you know exactly how to do that. A lot of you afterwards will email me and say, what's that code again? Make sure we give you the code. People all over the nation are raving about how well the thunderstorm freshens their homes. Musty, mildewy smells just vanish after a few seconds with the thunderstorm being on. Over 200,000 have already been sold, so you know that it must work. The, any odor is going to disappear when you use the thunderstorm. Odors from litter boxes, trash cans, cigarette smoke, dirty diapers, and more are no match. And best of all, no filters to buy. Right now, you can save $200 on an Eden Pure Thunderstorm 3-pack for the whole home protection. You're going to get three units for under $200. It's a fraction of the cost compared to other air purifiers that can go for over $600. Get this right now. Here's what you do. Go to EdenPureDeals.com. Put in the discount code PAGS3, P-A-G-S, the number three. To save $200, that's EdenPureDeals.com, discount code PAGS3, that's P-A-G-S, the number three. Shipping is free, EdenPureDeals.com, uh, special code PAGS3, make that happen right now. Let me go to the phone lines, I appreciate you waiting. Actually, we had a bunch of phone calls, and Carrie, during the break, they were like, yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to head out of here. Oh, so, okay. So for me, you know, I talked to Laura Logan about this, I think we get to this in part three or part four about the libs of TikTok. And she said, well, you know, if we want to complain that there, there's anonymity on the other side, then we should complain that there's anonymity on any side. Like, uh, you know, Andy No, who is a, an, a great investigative reporter who's been, like, injured badly by Antifa, is mm-hmm. out there exposing Antifa. Like, he'll expose who the people were who are hiding underneath the masks who are trying to kill him, right? Mm-hmm. And um, it, my answer was, and again, we'll get into this at, at length with her later in the week, my answer was, yeah, but here's somebody who's actually being beaten up and they're trying to kill him, who's exposing who it is that's hiding their faces as they do these dastardly crimes. Is that the same thing as somebody grabbing videos from TikTok and reposting them over on Twitter? And she kind of agreed. She saw where I was coming from, although I don't disagree. Carrie, how many times have I complained about anonymous people emailing me or going on one of these social media oh, yeah. sites and, we, and just being we do jerks? a lot, yeah. It happens. But they have the right to do it. Of course I mean, they do. I don't, I'm not actively trying to find out who they really are. That would be a little bit odd, I think. But I, I, can you imagine the two newspapers of record, allegedly, are the New York Times and the Washington Post? Mm-hmm. I mean, is that really Is that really the, the big story of the year? You, you got the president being dragged around by the Easter I'm Bunny? No, the big story but... is the libs of TikTok? Mm-hmm. By the way, I've got less than a minute. Do we? Are they appealing this, the mask mandate? Well, there is an if to it. This is from NBC News 4. The Justice Department said Tuesday will not appeal a federal district judge's ruling that ended the nation's federal mask mandate on public transit unless the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention believes the requirement is still necessary. In a statement released a day after a Florida judge ended the sweeping mandate, which required face coverings on planes and trains and in transit hubs, Justice Department spokesman Anthony Coley said officials believe the federal mask order was a valid exercise of the authority Congress has given the CDC to protect the public health. He said it was an important authority the department will continue to work to preserve. Yeah, um, they're just trying to protect their butts because they, they had us wearing those masks for way too long. I'm guessing that higher courts might not even take the case. We'll see if they end up doing it. Like, they're going to go to the CDC, and the CDC is going to say, yeah, we really think that mask mandate's important, even though people are cheering on airplanes right now and on trains. I don't think so. I don't think they want that bad publicity heading into November, to be honest. 
888-941-PAGS, JoePags.com. Go there, scroll down to the bottom, click on contact, and you'll send me an email directly to me. Laura Logan, part one, when we come back. Stay here. This is the Joe Pags Show. Great to have you along for the ride. Thanks a lot for stopping by. Really an honor to have this young lady on. She is one of the best journalists I've ever seen, and I've seen a lot. It is Laura Logan. Laura, how are you? Good to see you. I'm good. Thank you, Joe. How are you? I'm doing very well. Thank you for making time. I know how busy you are. I think 1130 at night one night, you sent me a text saying, all right, let's do it next week sometime. And and I'm glad that we're (laughs) able to get together because in this day and age, journalism isn't really a word that's correctly defined. And what I mean by that is it comes from the French word jour, which is day. You and I go out and we just sort of, what did we see? What did we smell? What did we touch? What did we, what did we feel when we went, went out and covered the, the items of the day? We're not doing that today anymore, are we, Laura? I mean, people are literally acting like they're being journalists while they cram their opinions down our throats. Well, you know, there was a very significant shift for me uh, about a number of years ago where Say, for example, the New York Times went from uh, straight reporting to presenting things as if they uh, were facts. So, for example, during the Ukraine impeachment, you know, trial, um, I never forget the one day they had a a headline, like devastating testimony on day two of the trial, you know, for Trump. And it's like devastating according to who? Right. I mean, <laughs> for maybe you could argue for millions of people it was devastating. Right. If you hate Trump. Right. But for millions of other people, that wasn't devastating at all. It was further indictment, you know, of people pushing a political persecution. So it used to be that The New York Times um, would would give you both perspectives, but they don't do that anymore. And then they've gone even beyond that to where they aren't just giving you a false perspective, but they're they're, you know, they expect us to take them seriously when they criticize us. The same people who for years did stories that were not, they didn't have one ounce of truth in them. I mean, they pushed Russia collusion. All of that was information warfare and completely made up. And so why should I care what you have to say about me now? And by the way, it was also the talking points of propagandists and political operatives who you carry, you know, they these institutions carry these uh, things without even question. So they should be ashamed of themselves and they're hardly in a position to point fingers at other people. It's Laura Logan, incredible independent journalist. Go to lauralogan.locals.com. Go and follow her there. Go subscribe to her channel. Does a ton of videos, a great amount of journalism on there, and just some sort of talking back and forth as well. Uh, again, lauralogan.locals.com. You brought something that's interesting. I was on Newsmax last week and they were asking about suddenly the New York Times said that it was Hunter Biden's laptop, so it must be Hunter Biden's laptop. Laura, why did they get so much power? I remember the days of Jason Blair, who was just a guy lying in every story he wrote. He just made it up. He'd like, sit at home, eat a hoagie, and then write some fake story, and the New York Times put it out there like it was real. Why are they still the go-to newspaper after that debacle? Well, you know, a lot of organizations have had uh, debacles, right? There's been people, I mean, don't you remember when, for uh, was it Fareed Zakaria had to apologize for plagiarism? Right. And he still, all these years later, has his own show. Right. I mean, look, um, somebody like Jason Blair, who uh, was working at the New York Times, and then later they found out that everything he was, was reporting was, was not true and was kind of made up. 
those used to be an aberration. I could almost, I can almost deal with that, right? You've got a dishonest guy who's lying to people and, and gets away with it for a period of time yeah. until it all comes crashing in on him. We can see how that happens. But what is more disturbing to me is um, that you now have an institution. This is what's more disturbing. You have an institution like the New York Times, which is so important to us because they've been around so long. And, uh, and you know, we consider the First Amendment to be important enough that it's first, right? It guarantees all the other amendments. Right. And what you have is month after month after month, year after year, you are carrying water for political operatives and propagandists and a, a hit campaign, right? I mean, these are political assassins. Right. And you get, you are awarded the Pulitzer Prize, the sort of, you know, the ultimate award in print journalism uh, repeatedly. And you don't ever think, you don't ever question that enough to get to the truth. And then you still keep putting people in your articles and everything else who now are known to be liars. Imagine if you know, for example, when I my Benghazi story was attacked, the guy that they said lied to me, right? Imagine if 60 Minutes went right back the next week and put that guy on television again. Right. Or six months later, or two seasons later, they put him back on air again. There would have been outrage, right? Moral indignation across the media. How can 60 Minutes do that? But it's totally fine for these people to quote Adam Schiff who's been shown to have lied and lied and lied and lied. Same with Clapper and Brennan and, you know, all of these people. I mean, come on. And, and Eric Let Swalwell it. as well. You, you know, it's interesting. I brought up with yep. Jason Blair. By the way, again, lauralogan.locals.com. Go there, subscribe. This is where you get everything Laura Logan. And it's really, really important because she's doing real journalism and she has been for a very long time. I bring up Jason Blair because if somebody were to be found on the Joe Pags show, you know, background writing stories or doing whatever and just lying, I would do everything I could to prove that I were even hand, that I was even handed. I would do everything that I could to prove that I'm gonna be an honest beacon of truth when I bring you the stories that I bring you. You can trust me. We've got to overcome that. Instead, like you said, they went hard left, and they continue to be hard left. Eric Swalwell shows up on these networks and in the yeah. New York Times and in the Washington Post, talking about the Post. By the way, they're the 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 paper of record in Washington because of Woodward and Bernstein. What did Woodward and Bernstein really do, Laura? They, they got information from the number two guy in the FBI and printed it. That's it. What was their big get after that? They've written 30 books about it, and you had all this Trump-Russia stuff. How juicy would that have been for a, a, a Woodward and Bernstein had they really been the journalists that we were told that they were? Well, unfortunately, what you see you know, since then, right, I believe it's Bernstein who's been basically a very outspoken Trump hater. Yeah. It showed his politics uh, to be more important than any form of journalism. And that was really disappointing to me. And also that, you know, the, the, uh, if you, if you like, you know, the courage that it took uh, to do a story that obviously was going to go against the establishment and uh, was going to require some, take some risk. Right. I mean, where is the Washington Post on taking risk today and going against the establishment? They're not. But, you know, one thing that we shouldn't forget is that if you look at the story of Gary Webb, who was a reporter for the San Jose Mercury Herald, okay. who really exposed the CIA's program under the series of reports that he did, Dark Alliance, um, Gary Webb was shredded by the Washington Post and the establishment media after his reports. After initially being celebrated and given the Pulitzer Prize, he was then taken down and ripped apart and discarded to the point, you know, where his entire life was over. And in a sense, he was one of 
the early sort of victims of cancel culture and died with two gunshot wounds to the head, which I don't know any ballistics expert I speak to says that that's pretty much impossible to have been a suicide. But look at that. They look what the CIA did. They went straight to their friends in the at the Washington Post and in the establishment media and got them to tear Gary Webb to shreds. And uh, what does that tell you? I mean, that's exactly the same thing that we're seeing today, except it's what they do every single day, all day long. They just they push the talking points of these people without doing any real journalism. And, you know, I mean, maybe a, a great example, too, is, uh, you, you know, you have the New Yorker and 60 Minutes and all these people doing stories about this uh, madman. What's his name again? Oh, oh yes. Um, Noah Harari, Yuval Noah Harari. Right. This Israeli madman who's advising the World Economic Forum. And he gets to talk about extermination of entire, you know, of people across the globe and um, about, uh, I mean, the, the kind of things that you would never imagine other people getting away with, saying that we're going into an era of mass surveillance. It's not just going to be surveillance of people from the outside. It's going to be under the skin that the elites have the opportunity today that COVID ushered in this in this era of mass surveillance. I mean, imagine if Trump said we were going to surveil you under the skin and monitor the government was going to be monitoring your heartbeat and your blood pressure and your this and your that. I mean, how are these publications not reporting critically and honestly on any of it? You get 60 Minutes doing a profile on Bill Gates and they don't ask him about the thousands of vaccine injured across southern Sudan and India and other places where the Gates Foundation has been instrumental in uh, disabling people and rendering young girls infertile. And they do the same thing with the Ford Foundation, that they do these sycophantic pieces where they don't ask a single critical question. That's not the world of journalism that I remember. As as insulated as we were, and no doubt there was bias uh, then as well. But uh, to see it today, it's unrecognizable from what it used to be. It's Laura Logan. Go to lauralogan.locals.com, lauralogan.locals.com. Follow her on all the social media. Uh, I know that you're not using some of them as much as you did. Uh, your, your name is still up there. It's usually at Laura Logan when you go and follow her. I'm getting a lot of virality on Getter. I know that you're getting a lot of, a lot of um, um, following on Getter as well. But follow her, again, lauralogan.locals.com. You may not know this about me. I was a television news anchor for a long time. I was actually the main anchor of the CBS affiliate in Albany, New York. York between uh, 2002 and 2004. And I think that's when your Benghazi report came. No, Benghazi was much later than that. It was what, 2013? Yeah, it, was, it was like 2012, was it? Yeah, 12 or, it was 12 or 13. So so uh, I, I left television news to have an opinion on the radio again. I know how to do journalism. I'm lucky <laughs> enough to have won, won a bunch of awards, but I had to have an opinion along with the stories that we were giving. That's why I went back to radio. I remember the story, and I remember downloading the story knowing full well that your Benghazi story would disappear. Not only would it disappear, they were probably going to smear you when they disappeared it. Um, tell me about that story. As we sit here today, in 2022, do you stand by the facts in that story? Yes, I do. Although there is one character in that story. So there were three main characters in that story. And the least important was the one that they went after. Um, this part of his story that I still to this day do not know if he was lying or not lying. It's a very small part of his story. And it's the only part of his story that really falls under his actions that night in Libya, 
right? So in terms of who he was, like they said that he lied about his military career. That wasn't true. This is a contractor who was cleared by the United States Department of State, right? Right. I mean, he has to he had to have a security clearance in order to be in charge of security at the special mission compound, which is a diplomatic facility in Benghazi. So the State Department cleared this guy. You know, they acted like he was some crazy person who just came off the street and made everything up. But none of that was true. We had actually vetted his medical record with the um, the British military. We had copies of the stamps in his passport that proved that he was in Benghazi when he said he was in Benghazi. We'd gone to the State Department and proved that he was responsible for security. We took the State Department's ARB, you remember that report that they did? Yeah. And we matched everything that he told us. When he said a camera on this wall overlooking this part of the compound was broken, and then it was fixed, and then it broke again, we matched every single detail like that. And we actually got a, a, a picture from his telephone of Chris Stevens's body in the hospital. We checked the metadata and made sure that it had actually come from where that, you know, was actually taken in Libya and it was confirmed. But there was, you know, so we did more vetting of him and his story than uh, 99% of journalists do on a daily basis for what they put on air. And I know because I worked in daily news and I worked all over the place. I've been a journalist for 35 years. But what um, what we couldn't do because we signed a non-disclosure agreement with the publisher of his book was we couldn't tell anyone outside of CBS uh, what his story was of what he did that night. Okay. And and two parts of his story were called into question. And they were called into question because he says that after he went tried to go there the first time, after he got a phone call from one of the State Department guys who was under attack, he goes there and he tries to get into the compound and he can't get in. There's there's Al-Qaeda is everywhere. There's terrorists everywhere. The roads are blocked. The embassy's on fire. Nobody disputes that. Um but then he told his boss in a, in a leaked document to the Washington Post and others, it says that that he he wrote this op direction report, which contradicts his story from that night where he told us and he wrote in his book that he didn't want to tell his boss what he really did because his boss said, stay in the special mission. Comp- I mean, in your stay in your home. Don't go back. Right. And he didn't want to lose his job and he didn't want to upset his boss. So he didn't tell him the truth. Now, people said to us, oh, well, you knew he was a liar and you still put him on TV. And it's like, OK, <laughs> OK, come on. How many times have you told your boss, you know, uh, that you're late because of this when you were really late because of that or you're going home early for this? Or- Laura, I mean, that's that- the one piece. That's the one piece that makes him somehow uh, not a good source. And by the way, if you did yeah. all that vetting and I believe that you did all the vetting and obviously you've been you've been a journalist since you were two years old. If you've been 35 years in, uh, I just wanted to throw that out. But yeah. but you did all the vetting that you had to do. And at the end of the day, it's not Laura Logan saying he said this. It's him saying he said this. It's him saying he saw this. It's him saying he did this. Why is that still not a good a good report? It's all attributed to him. You didn't say it. He did. That's it for part one of my interview with Laura Logan, part two tomorrow on the Joe Pag Show. You're listening to Joe Pags.
not miss part two of my interview with Laura Logan tomorrow. Also tomorrow, Dr. Ben Carson. Crane News with Kay, we missed yesterday. And then Adam Carolla on Thursday and Friday, and we'll continue the series with Laura Logan as well. Hopefully you enjoyed that. Really great information. She's a great journalist, and I'm glad that we had her on today. 888-941-PAGS, 888-941-7247, JoePags.com. Proven oxy technology is what's inside of these thunderstorm air purifiers from Eden Pure. They quickly destroy viruses, odors, mold, and more, and it'll freshen your home. Gets rid of any odor. I'm talking litter boxes, trash cans, cigarette smoke, dirty diapers, and more. Over 200,000 thunderstorm units have been sold. It works very well. We've got a couple in the PAGS house, so we really, really like them. It does leave you that fresh scent, that fresh sort of smell that's left after a thunderstorm rolls through. That's why they call it that. Never breathe dirty air again. No filters to buy. Takes up no floor space. Plugs directly into the wall. Nearly silent, great for use in bedrooms, bathrooms, wherever you want to put it. And again, we really love them in our house. I can always tell where it's it's plugged in because I can smell that after thunderstorm smell, and it really is fresh and clean. It's awesome. Here's your special deal because you listen to my program, EdenPureDeals.com, EdenPureDeals.com, discount code P-A-G-S, the number three, save $200. Shipping is free as well. EdenPureDeals.com, get a three-pack, and you're going to save $200 off of that, so three units for about 200 bucks total. Discount code PAGS3. Shipping is free as well. Get on this right now. 888-941-PAGS, JoePags.com. Kara, I've got about a minute. You have something on Saki. I guess Saki broke down and got weepy, huh? She did. Uh, this is from The Blaze. White House Press Secretary Jen Psaki openly cried during a recent News Not Noise podcast in which she said the Republican lawmakers are bullying LGBTQ students. Uh, Psaki told host Jessica Yellen, newly passed state laws such as Florida's parental rights and education law and more are no more than GOP bullying tactics. Come on, dude. I heard this audio and then she just starts crying. I'm going to get that. I'm good, that good emotional. Mm-hmm. So uh, I'm I'm listening to it, and I think that that Sean played it today when I was on, you know, the Sean Hannity show that you allegedly listened I to. I heard. But not so sure. Yes, I did hear. I did hear you. Who was I on with? Sean and who? Uh, Concha. Wait, what are you buddies? You just call him by his last name? <laughs> Joe Concha. Excuse me. Oh, with Concha. With Concha. <laughs> hey Hannity. Hey Concha. I know, hey, Concha, I know Sean. Uh, you yeah. know, I, I'm I'm Carrie. I can say whatever I want. So. Mm. So there you go. Um, it, it, it was just very weird to me, very strange that she starts like, because look, either she's delusional and believes this crap that it says don't say gay, or it's something completely different and she's acting. It can't be both because it doesn't say don't say gay and it doesn't attack anybody and it doesn't lead to bullying anybody. Very strange. Another big hour coming your way. Keep it here on the Joe Pag Show. This is the Joe Pag Show.